What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Garage Hobbyist Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. This is episode three already. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're new here, we are glad to have you. In this episode, we are going to talk about a tool, if you will. Now, when I get into this, you may say, tool, what do you mean? Because it's not a physical tool, necessarily, but it is something I think is very overlooked and undervalued when it comes to home workshops, and that is project planning and tracking. Now, I know what you're thinking, project planning and tracking, boring, but that's not the case. I actually had an experience with this very recently where that would have saved me, and luckily I didn't get injured because of it, but it was a very important lesson to learn that unfortunately I had to learn kind of the hard way. I'll talk about my experience here in a few minutes, but in the home workshop, I think that project planning and tracking can be even more important than it is in a business or production standpoint, because in an ideal work scenario, you're going to be given a task and you're going to be on that task until it's complete with very minor interruptions. You may get pulled away for a few minutes or hours, but then ultimately you're going to come back to that task be able to remember where you were, where you left off, and what still needs to be done. I know that's not the case for everybody. I'm one of those people. My work environment is very chaotic and can be very fast-paced where I get pulled away from things for longer periods. But in an ideal work situation, that's how it should be. And you don't necessarily have to worry about taking notes on where you left off so that you can come back and make sure everything gets done. In a home setting, a home workshop setting, You're going to have things like family, pets, other jobs you need to do around the house, other life obligations that need to be taken care of. So you can potentially be pulled away from your projects for days, weeks, or even months. And that's where tracking really comes into play. And then having a plan that you can kind of check things off on is also a good help. But tracking and knowing exactly where you left off and what you've already done and what still needs to be done can really keep you on track and can really be even a safety thing as we'll talk about here in a few minutes. I know personally I can hardly remember what was for dinner the other day so having notes to go back to when I've been away from something for an extended period of time is really really handy and helpful. There are tons of tools available to us to take these notes and plan out projects and we're going to cover many of those here but let's get into my experience. So I was building my 20 ton shop press out of scrap metal And at the time I started building that, I had a project in mind I needed to use that for. So it was a top priority for me to get it done. As I was working through that project, the other project I needed the press for got put on the back burner. So the press was no longer a priority and I got pulled away to other things. And it was probably about nine months before I got back to working on my shop press. I thought I had a couple minor things left to complete before this thing was ready for paint and to be put into use. And I finished those things, started doing a video for the YouTube channel on the press itself. And on the first test, everything seemed to go fine. When I did the second press for the test and went a little bit further, I ended up blowing the bridge of the press apart. Luckily, everything kind of stayed around the press and I was far enough away where I didn't get injured and nothing aside from the press got broken. So that was an important lesson because when I looked at the bottom of the bridge where it had come apart, I realized that I had not completely finish welded that whole bridge. Had I done that, that press wouldn't have came apart. 
But since it had been about nine months since I'd worked on the press, I've forgotten that I didn't do that. And I also forgot to check over everything like I should have when I resumed work on it and before I tested it. So that was kind of on me, but I didn't have any notes to kind of guide me or keep me on track for where I was in that project. And that's when it kind of dawned on me how important having notes and tracking a project really could be, especially from a safety standpoint. Like that wasn't that serious because I was pressing something relatively small and everything kind of just stayed in place and just came apart. But it could have been a lot worse. I could have been injured and, you know, who knows what could have happened in that situation. So it was definitely a light bulb moment for me. If you want to see a video of that, I actually have that video on YouTube. I still posted it just as kind of a warning and lesson to others. So go check that out on the Garage Hobbyist YouTube channel if you want to see what happened and how lucky I got. Now, in addition to the safety aspect, there's some other reasons you may want to take notes of your projects, and that's kind of to have something to look back on and reference in the future if you're going to do a similar project or want to know how you did something. So say you're woodworking and you come up with some finish you really like by mixing maybe a couple stain colors together. You'll have record of that if you decide to write that down. If you're welding, you can record your settings so that you know in that situation these are the welding settings you use so you've got a starting point for next time if you do something similar and even like epoxy mixes and resins that you used all of that type of stuff can be recorded and then referenced later and then another nice benefit is that down the line if you've got kids or family they'll have something that they can look back on and kind of see what you were up to at that point it's almost like a snapshot in time or if you make something really nice that's being given to somebody else, they'll have record of when it was made and how it was made, which is a really cool thing to have when you think about it. All right, so we've talked about why you would want to plan and take notes. Let's talk about some of the ways you can get that done. And this can be as simple or as complex as you really want it to be. I haven't quite decided on my standard way of doing things yet. I've been kind of trying out different things and I haven't just found the one I'm going to stick with yet but I do want to talk about a few that I've used. I am going to mention some specific products or apps. I want you guys to know that this is not a sponsored episode. So none of these companies have given me anything to say this. This is things that I've used and tried out and just my thoughts on them. And I just want to be upfront with that, but I will put links to them on the garage hobbyist website in the show notes. So that's garagehobbyist.com. Just find episode three and the links will be there for anything I talk about. So the first most obvious way to do this is just with pen and paper, you know, get a notebook, keep your projects in it. And this is probably the best way to record your projects while you're doing them, because it's going to be the easiest thing to just jot a couple notes down and move on. You're not going to have to get out a phone or a computer or anything like that in order to do this. If you're going to use a notebook, I would highly suggest coming up with some template that you're going to use to record your projects all in the same way. That way, if you need to go reference that project, the information you need is easy to find because they're all going to be set up the same way. Now, an issue with notebooks are that you're going to end up with a bunch of them over time if you're recording every single project that you do, and you're going to have to store those somewhere. The other downside is you don't have anything digital on your computer or laptop. If you drew a plan by hand and then you want to put that into the computer to refine it or put it in some 3D software or whatever it is you want to do, it's going to be kind of a more lengthy process to do that. 
but it can be done. You can also store these digitally if you scan them in, but that can be a time-consuming task as well. If I use a notebook, I typically try to use like one of the Rodea dot grid notebooks. And what that is, is the page is just a bunch of dots in a grid similar to graph paper. That gives you somewhere to keep your writing nice and legible and straight. But it also gives you the grid that you can use to draw things. And then the covers are a little bit nicer. The paper is a little bit nicer. And it's just an overall nicer experience to use one of those notebooks than it is, say, just a regular school notebook or a composition book. However, they are a little more expensive, but I think it's worth it personally to have that. They're also nice and slim, so a bunch of those are going to take up a lot less space than a traditional notebook would. But you also don't get to fit as much in one notebook. If you don't want to use one of those notebooks, then graph paper is my second choice because it still has the same benefits. You still have some lines to keep your text in order, but you've also got the graph to help aid drawing and sketching projects out if you need to do that. It also gives you a way to make some nice boxes to keep specific notes in like tools used and you can really set up a nice template with graph paper. Now, I don't particularly enjoy this method on its own because I am a kid of the digital age. So I like to have my things accessible on computers and phones and multiple devices. And I think scanning things in is a very time consuming process that I don't enjoy. So what I typically do is use maybe a cheaper notebook that I carry with me or have handy that I can write things down in. And then when I'm done, I go transfer that into a different program or app that I can access on multiple devices. If you want to be able to record things digitally, but don't want to get too complex, you can use the built-in note-taking app in your phone. Every phone has one. And a lot of those do allow for transferring to cloud sources that you can access in other places. However, you're not going to necessarily get the drawing features and things like that you, that you would get from a notebook or other options. So keep that in mind. But it is a good way to just keep track of where you're at and what you've done if you don't mind typing on a phone keyboard, which can be pretty frustrating if you got a lot to type out. If you want the notebook experience, but you don't want to have to scan in every single page and then upload those somewhere to access them, you can try out a line of notebooks from a company called Rocketbook. And as I said, this isn't sponsored. I was given one of these as a gift and I messed with it for a little bit and it is a really cool idea. I just never really incorporated it into my workflow or anything for whatever reason. And I'm going to revisit that here in the future. I actually just got the notebook out this morning so I can start using it again. And what a rocket book is, is a reusable notebook that uses erasable ink pens. So the notebook is thinner than a traditional notebook. There's not nearly as many pages, but those pages are a thicker plasticky feeling paper that is designed to be wiped off and washed off and then reused. And then the notebook has an app that goes with it. So when you're done with that page, you can get the app out on your phone. It will scan that page for you, convert it to a PDF, and then automatically upload that to whatever cloud service you want to use. There are several sizes of these notebooks available, as well as many different page types. So you can get graph paper, you can get the dotted paper like the Rhodia notebooks. Um, you can also get planner pages. 
And you can get notebooks that have a combination of those if you want kind of a variety. But it is a very cool concept and would greatly reduce the clutter of having just notebooks all over the place as you fill them up. And it also allows you to easily get those digital copies into the cloud where you can access them later for whatever reason you may need to. Aside from the technology and the app that goes with these notebooks, they're more durable than a standard notebook. That paper is a little bit thicker, so it's not going to tear. It's not going to fall out. The covers are typically something a little more substantial than paper as well. So they just hold up a little bit better than a regular notebook would. The initial setup is pretty simple. You make your account, you give the app access to upload to your cloud service, and that's about it. After that, you're just scanning the pages and it's doing everything else automatically for you. There's even spots on the pages to write titles that it will use as the file names as it uploads. So it's a very slick system that kind of gives you the best of both worlds if you don't want to get into something more advanced like this next option we're going to talk about. And that next option is a website or app called Notion. And it's notion.so. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And Notion's best described probably as a set of notebooks, a planner, and kind of a scrapbook would be the best way to describe some of the other features that it has. But it is a very powerful planning tool for just about anything. And when I say anything, I mean there are tons and tons of templates that are already made for every aspect of life and business. However, you can also customize everything to your liking. It's just going to take you a little bit to kind of figure out which way to go with it and what's going to work best for you. Now, when you first look at Notion, it can be very, very intimidating because it's a blank slate with just a ton of options. And that can be overwhelming. You may not know which way to go and just kind of get stuck trying to figure out which way to go. But the best thing to do is just start messing around with it and kind of making it work for you in the way you think. So my Notion setup is I have a personal side that's got movie lists, reading lists, recipes, that sort of stuff for just everyday life. And then I have the garage hobbyist side of things that is YouTube videos, project planning and tracking stuff, and then the podcast stuff. Now, I don't have to look at both of those at the same time. They're two separate things within Notion, two notebooks, if you will, or two scrapbooks that are standing on their own under one account. If you have things that overlap, it's not a hard thing to do, but you can definitely keep things very separated within Notion if you decide to do that. So for example, in a project notes notebook that I have, I have a list of projects and then within there are pages for individual projects. And one of them I am planning out for a future build in a future YouTube video. And I have started a little spreadsheet within Notion itself that has a list of parts started and it has the name of the part that I need and any specifications that it needs to have. I've also got a spot for a link to that part if I've found it already and where I think I'm going to purchase it at or acquire it through. And then it's also got how many I need and the price. That's going to allow me to check things off as I get them, know exactly where I found that item if I'm looking for it later, and how many I need to get when it does come time to order it, and as well as what it's going to cost. 
Then I also have checklists that can check off different steps. So if I have all the materials, I can check that box and it shows that completed. And then I can kind of go from there. Now I tag all of my stuff within there as far as what type of project it is. So is it a welding project or a woodworking project? I tag it with what stage it's in. So my project notes right now are tagged as planning because that's what I'm doing. And then I also have it tagged as YouTube because eventually that will be a YouTube video. Now, you may not have a YouTube channel or podcast or even do woodworking or you may not do metalworking and that's totally okay. All of those tags are customizable. And once you do one, it saves it so you don't have to reset that up next time. Not that it's difficult to do, but it saves that tag as you set it up so that you can just click it next time and it applies it. That way you can sort things. So if you're in the mood for a woodworking project and you have a list of projects you want to do, you can click woodworking and it's going to show you those. And that goes with any of the tags. In addition to some of the things I've already talked about, you can actually attach photos, documents, any plans that you find right into those projects themselves. So any reference materials you come across, whether you want it to look a certain way or use a specific thing, you can tag photos and all that type of stuff right there in that project. So it makes it really convenient, all nice and in one spot for you. Another cool part about Notion is that those projects themselves can be put into different columns. And then this is going to sound kind of goofy over voice. It's something you kind of need to see, but I'll do my best to explain this. You can put them in columns that are labeled differently and you can actually drag your project pages between those columns. So I use this for YouTube videos. So I may have an idea for a video. Let's say I want to make a smoker or a little grill out of an empty propane tank. I can tag the picture of the propane tank to that template and then put a couple quick notes in there, but I'm not ready to start this thing yet. I need to get more materials and hash out the whole plan. So I put that into idea. Now, it's an idea and I decide I want to take that further. I can drag that over to planning. Now it's in the planning stage and I can work on it there. And then once I'm done planning it and have everything I need to complete the project, I move it over to recording. So that means I'm recording footage to make the video. Once the footage is recorded, it goes into the editing column. I know that that's something I can edit or have started editing. And then when it's done, I move it to posted because most of my videos go up and when they're done, I schedule them within a day or two and they're posted. And then it's completed and it marks it off as complete. I can put information like the date and all that type of stuff in there. And it's all right there for me to reference back to. So I'll stop myself there with Notion. I could keep going on, but for the intent of this episode, we've covered a lot of the basics. If you want to go more in depth, there's a ton of YouTube videos out there. There's probably a podcast series out there for it too, because it could be a series within itself. And I've barely scratched the surface. So definitely look around online if you want more information on that. But it would be my go-to if you were looking to really track in-depth things as far as cost, materials, time, all that sort of stuff. If you want to make a nice big database of projects, this is definitely without a doubt the way to go. And it's available on the website as well as apps for your major devices. 
ideally what I would like to see and what I'm going to try out myself is to use the Rocketbook notebook in conjunction with Notion. So I'm going to take those Rocketbook pages and put them into Notion. The only downside is, is that right now you can't do that directly. Rocketbook still has to go to your cloud service and then you have to bring those files from the cloud service into Notion as a separate step. There are talks of Notion working on that. It's a Notion issue, not a Rocketbook issue. And they're supposedly in the background considering working on this or already working on it. So I'm excited to see if that actually happens because that will definitely make that combination a winner in my book. But for now, it is going to be a rather clunky process that it's better than scanning things in on a scanner, but not quite a click a button and it's there sort of thing. So now that I've got this recorded, I kind of wish I would have done this as a video podcast, but I wasn't prepared to do that in this episode. But there are a lot of things in here that would be nice to see. So if you'd like to see a video on Notion as it applies to workshop projects, let me know, email me at garagehobbyist at gmail.com and let me know if that's something you would like to see because I could definitely do that and I think it would help a lot of people understand how to utilize Notion a little bit better as well as some of these other techniques if you're not into the high-tech option. But other than that, check out garagehobbyist.com. That's where the show notes are going to be. So if you want to check out anything I've talked about in this episode, whether it's the Rodeo Notebooks, the Rocket Books, or Notion itself, I'll have links to all of that stuff there. And also check out the YouTube channel. I've been posting some newer stuff there, and there's some projects coming up that are going to be pretty cool and interesting. So that's Garage Hobbyist over on YouTube. We also do the live stream on Sundays at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. So if you've got free time, come hang out with us over there. It runs about an hour and a half, but you can stay for as long as you'd like. And it's a good time. We have a lot of good discussions over there. As always, feedback is appreciated. And also follow and subscribe, depending on what platform you're on. And reviews are always helpful. Thank you to anyone who has reviewed the show thus far as well as everybody who's been listening. It's very cool to see the growth of this already, and I'm excited for what's to come. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.